0: In the holy name of Jesus. Epiphany is one of the two great green growing seasons of the church here. This and Pentecost are the times when Jesus comes to us to show us what sort of folk we ought to be. So Epiphany is a season of clarity. In text after text, Jesus has been explaining who he is and who we are. And he has been doing this by changing things wherever he goes. You remember that at Cana, Jesus changed water into wine. The next week he was in Nazareth, where he changed prophecy into fulfillment. Then the next week it was home to Capernaum, where he changed the sick into the whole and sinners into saints. And now today it is fishermen into fishers of men. Right now, this epiphany, there is no other way to talk about Jesus except this. Jesus is change. He is here to change the world, and he is here to change us. The good news is that none of us are against that in principle. If we were, we would be home, warm, waking late to coffee and a paper. But we are here this morning because we know what the Beatitudes know. We know our need of God. Still do we need a God like this, one who is so clear and so thorough. That is what scares us. Jesus scares us because he is so precise. He goes directly to what ails us, And he changes us so completely that there is no more ambiguity. Over and over again I've said to you that in the Christian life there is no middle ground. It is all or none. It is full blast or nothing at all. And that is what scares us and it is what we engage in the text this morning. Jesus is such a straightforward incarnation. He is such a robust, divine presence. He is so utterly different from us and from what we are used to. He literally scares us. Peter is frightened, so frightened, that right in the middle of the story, he changes Jesus' name from Master to Lord, and he asks him to go home. When Peter says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, what he means, literally in the text, is you are ruining the neighborhood. This is more than we can bear. You are just too different. This is too much change for us. And, of course, too often we are like Peter, wary of Jesus and who he is and how he wants to shake things up. Too often in the church... A familiar failure is more comfortable than an unfamiliar success. You look at St. Peter this morning. He had fished all night, but he had caught nothing. The boats are on the shore, and he is washing his nets. He has failed, but at least he's keeping his hands busy. It looks as if he is accomplishing something. Churches can be like that, too. We can prefer a solid, familiar illusion, doing the same old stuff the same old way, and keeping our hands busy with the same old despairs and same old cliches to the unfamiliar success that Jesus bids today, which might stretch us into something new. Now, every once in a while, it goes the other way. We saw it at Cana and at Capernaum, and we see it then with Peter here today. When Peter finally stops and does what Jesus asks, when he simply drops his nets down into the deep water, he sees Jesus change empty nets into nets full of fish. But that changes Peter as well. Just for a moment, he feels how they felt in Cana when the water changed to wine. Just for a moment, he feels what they felt in Capernaum when the sick were changed to the healthy. Just for a moment, Peter feels what it's like to be the church, to be one community in obedience to Christ. It's not just the stuff, not just water and not just nets. What Peter experiences this morning is that people change. People who are sick and disappointed and alone and failed and unloved and broken, you and me and us together, church, all of that change to be the body of Christ. If we have learned anything at all over these past five weeks of Epiphany, what we have learned is that Jesus Christ will not be denied. He is new, yes, and he is different. And he does mean change. And so it will be uncomfortable at times. And it will take more time and ideas and commitment And even the thought of leaving behind family and the business. It will take more than we ever thought it would take. But at the end of that is an indescribable joy. From now on, you will be catching men. That's the punchline. There isn't any wiggle in that. It is just what Christians do. From now on, you will be catching men. It is all or nothing. There are no dodges allowed. Following Christ means bringing followers to Christ. And then, the only comfort Jesus gives. Don't fear. We might have preferred a bit more enthusiasm at that point, but the text does not end with an exclamation. It's very matter-of-fact. Fear not the way Jesus was matter-of-fact when he was walking on the waters and spoke to the disciples, fear not? Or the way Jesus spoke to them in the upper room on the first Easter when they were scared to death, thinking they were seeing a ghost? Fear not, it's me, touch me, and go. If the Father sent Jesus and death can't hold him, And he's here with us. Then there is nothing that he or Peter or you or I or we together cannot do. There is nothing for us to be worried about. And so we see Peter and James and John leave everything and follow. To turn this into a sermon about a capital campaign is like shooting fish in a barrel There is no difference between a disciple and a steward. Disciples and stewards are meant to bring all they've got to bear on the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is a single thing that disciples do. They follow Jesus and in their following bring more followers. They make disciples by acts of mercy and words of witness and care of the soul. And there is no middle ground. The challenge is to leave everything behind, to open our hands, to expose everything to Christ and his will, everything. And to let him rearrange our lives in a way that we would be most useful to him. Way back in the first week of Epiphany, five weeks ago in this green growing season, At the wedding in Cana, St. Mary spoke her last words. Though it is early in John's Gospel, only the second chapter, there Mary speaks for the last time in Scripture. Do whatever he tells you. And they did. And things changed. And they changed. And they came into this strangely happy and wonderful place where they were one a place without fear, and life was good, it was very good, and Christ ruled, and Eden was restored. And that is what lies before all of you here again this morning. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.